I wonder how that we wanted to get more puppies out of it. Oh, after four years. Oh, great. Thank you. Yes. She's the greeter. The most attention you're going to get all day. Uh, hey, Mike, you want to start? It's getting yeah, it's, uh, three after, so probably good. Well, let's say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. We have this Ed is here, and uh, my my homeboy Jeff is here from Baldwin, Long Island. Yes. Right next to Rockville Center, Long Island. Yeah. Sort of a lower, you know. Yeah, much lower. Much lower, like, you know, cultural and economic, you know. Not the Hamptons. Hmm? Not, Not the Hamptons. Hamptons, no, no. It wasn't the Hamptons. It was just bad stock was being bred there, as we can see, Jeff. Yeah. The untouchables, <laughs> the untouchables in Long Island. All right. So, hey, um, has that, is anybody new here, Mike, today? Uh, I don't think so. Anybody want to wave their hand? Uh, We're all new. Yeah. No. All right. Well, let me just get to it then. This message is. Uh, of non-duality has a lot of different direction than most messages. A lot of messages include the hearer of the message and the hearer of the message is not really looked at, but everything else is looked at from that, the doer of it and all that, yeah? So non-duality is just negating the assumption of us really, which cannot be that great news for some of us. Yeah. And that's one of the common clear reactions is when if you feel you're confused or this is, seems to be going over your head, that's exactly where it's pointed at. We're trying to avoid you in a way, trying to sort of bypass you, trying to uh, drill through you to get to what we can't miss. You know, if you are everywhere, then I don't have to aim. I just got to miss you. Yeah. If I miss you, I'm going to hit everywhere. Yeah, I could throw it this way. I could just fuck it. It doesn't matter. It's the matter is that you get confused. You can't figure it out. Your mental logic locks up like a tire, you know, with a brake, locks up. And there, that's the that's success of the delivery of the message is you don't get it. Yeah, it's beautiful because most messages are tailored for you. And this message negates the idea of you, which is beautiful. I hadn't run into anything like non-duality. There was no non-Buddhism. There was no non-Catholicism, no non-Kabbalah. 
There was nothing that had non, meaning not before. Everything was an affirming of so, something. What non-duality is a negating of something. Completely different ball game. And after you know traveling through the other ball game, a lot of the different aspects of looking for what you are or finding the authentic self or becoming clear, clearer or whatever, all that stuff in some respects had one commonality, which is you, yeah? So every path that was entered was entered seemingly by you. And after every path failed you, yeah, you can't believe that every path has failed. How would it have lasted for 5,000 years? Buddhism has been around a long time. That thing has been introduced thousands of years and other things. Well, because you, the ingredient of you in everything is the aberrant. Yeah, that's the whole point of non-duality is stop looking and check out who's looking really. Yeah, and so instead of looking from what we're not, look from what we are and see what we're not. Because what you see isn't a visual thing. You'll see an activity, a mental one that never brings what it's suggesting or insinuating or implying to light. It just implies, insinuates and suggests. And I believe us as what we are, pictures that suggestion and the, in, the uh, implying and the insinuating and the constant reinforcing, we picture it as a body, yeah? yeah. That, is, that has a subjective experience. So it's so diametrically opposed right from the beginning because the body is an object, yet the experience is subject, yeah? You're having a subjective experience. You're not meeting every object as an object. You're seeing this object and that object subjectively, yeah? So the effects things have are more based on how you see it than what you see, because this is dreaming, literally, yeah? If something was bad and inherently bad, it would be bad for everyone. That's not the case, is it? Yeah, some people in AA, recovery, we have this experience. Some people have an idea in their head that what was the worst thing that ever happened to them, okay? So the worst thing, they got pulled over by the cops and were sent to jail, whatever. Yet what happens is they come into recovery and they realize it's not a fucking huge leap. They come to recognize that then them getting pulled over that day led to them getting into recovery. And what's happened in recovery now has given great value to that time they were pulled over. So the worst thing that could happen is now seen as the best thing that could have ever happened. What is it? Was it the worst thing that went through a transformation in of itself and suddenly became the best thing? No, it was how you saw it. And there's people, there's things called the Course of Miracles. It's like a download of information in the 70s. And they captured as you and I are the dreaming of the dream. We're giving everything, we're giving everything all the meaning it has. That's a subjective experience. Yeah. The objective experience is overridden by the subjective interpretation all the time. I had it when I was in the hospital, got, got run over twice by a car. I ended up in a, in a, 
a wing of the hospital where people who had similar traumatic uh, accidents were in the same hall. And it was maybe 14 of us, a lot of them from motorcycle accidents. And some of us hadn't been drinking, started to drink. Yeah, they became alcoholics. Others who were alcoholics got sober. Yeah, there was all these different reactions to us to physical trauma that was quite similar. Yeah, this guy had 12 broken bones. I had 10 bro bro broken bones. There wasn't much difference. Yeah, after you get past four or five, it's going to be the same level of fucking pain and suffering. Yeah, so what happened? And this is the idea of, of trauma now as being the origin of alcoholism or something. Yeah. Now you can see it that way, but to me, the the origin of everything comes from the mind, the big M mind, and the activity of a small M mind. Yeah, which is is being used to give a lot of meaning to shit. And I believe what makes a trauma isn't the event; it's your subjective take on it. How it was saw, seen and how it was reacted to was part and parcel of the trauma. And I believe it's part and parcel of everything. And therefore, while it gives meaning to a trauma, it'll give meaning to something else. Yes. So which is the biggest player? Am I going to go through the eight major traumas of my life or see that there's I add and I give so much meaning to fucking everything I mean? Yeah. So some people, they drop their wine on their new uh, white rug. It's traumatic. They are. People who are trying to buy their fourth house is traumatic to them. They're anxious and nervous as if someone stole the refrigerator box they slept in last night. It's that fucking important to them, even though you're going, hey, bro, you got four houses. You know what I mean? It's not a need anymore. You're in a want level. Yeah, this is like playing now, you know, this isn't, yeah. but the subjectiveness, yeah. So here's duality, subject, object. What do we represent? Duality, subject, object. As a representation, it's called dualism, yeah. The subjective experience is now the head now says the subjective ability is an attribute the object has. The object is what's subject. So when you see subjectivity, which is conscious contact, you say, I'm the one who's conscious and you're pictured as an object. When you're talking about, I'm Paul and Paul is conscious, Paul is pictured as a body. So what we're referring to and being, being framed by all day has us as an object, that has an attribute of subjectness, but it isn't like I'm conscious of Paul, it's Paul is conscious. So the object is put in a hierarchical position and the subject is sort of an unemphasized position. So now I see everything, how it pertains to me, not as the subject, but really as an object, a subjectified object. So then the head thinks, what? A lot. What does it think a lot around? This body. You meet people in recovery. If you had an x-ray machine and you went into an AA room, you would see, if you could see 
interest and attention like colored, like they do in those tests, like the CAT scan or something, you would see all this interest attention just going around this, this body, this thing. Yeah. And the habit of it is if you feed it mental food, it's reinforcing this. So we, they, we learned in recovery, you're not gonna think yourself into right action. You're gonna take action into right thinking. So you gotta fucking take a move. You gotta move off your couch with all your CDs and all your books and help someone else. So your atten the attention interest gets pulled out of this orbit around Paul. And then you have a feeling that Paul's been searching for all the time, but it's not of Paul and hopefully it dawns on you. Paul is the deterrent of that release or freedom or, or traveling lighter. It's not the one that's going to enjoy the traveling lighter. It's the obstacle to the traveling lighter. It's wanting to travel lighter is the heaviness that you're dealing with all day. It reveals itself with the right understanding. You're not going to have to color the book. It's going to be illustrated. And to me, the, the, the rightest understanding I've run into was non-duality. Yeah, and I don't believe it was a starting point. It was a reaction to the dilemma of you and I as reality looking and attempting to attain reality. How are we going to correct that movement? If reality is taking itself to be something else, let's call it Paul, and now Paul is looking for itself as, a, as an object called reality. And everything that you do reinforces the doer. Everything, every path you're on reinforces that there's a someone on the path. So then they come up with this message, the pathless path, the no way, which is non-duality. It's negating that premise that just is in every equation in our mathematics has that number one included. Yeah. And all the equations, we keep going over them and trying to add something or change this or, you know, let's synthesize Buddhism with tantric or whatever, but the same, the problem with the math is the primary number one, you. It's, you know, I don't care how many chalkboards you have, you're not gonna get to the clearest equation because you're included in it all. You try, I'm gonna get rid of this person, that person, this person, I'm moving to Thailand, everything, and then there you are. <laughs> <laughs> what you really want to get out of is that which is getting out of everything else. Now, do you have to go through every one of those movements? Maybe. Maybe you can hear something from others and save yourself some fucking time. Yeah. It ain't going to work. You're not going to be there to experience your own absence. It's impossible. Yeah. You're not going to have it. <laughs> the party is great until you get there. Everything is, is just a certain way, but as soon as you're included, everything changes, yeah? Because you and I give everything. This is pretty comprehensive statement. There's nothing excluded from everything and all in one sentence. Everything and all pretty is like the whole enchilada is encapsulated. So you and I, you don't have to believe it or not. I hope it's observational. I hope you hear the understanding and then you observe the
the veracity of the understanding, I hope. I hope you just don't hear the understanding and try to make it like a fundamentalist fucking thing with no living or tactile sense of it. But I hope the understanding of non-duality will inform you through your own observations, yeah? So in other words, the observations won't go the same old, same old way. You'll have a new understanding which may divert some of the knowledge and go through something that's actually fucking pretty damn wise and you may arrive with some valuable knowledge instead of self-knowledge that doesn't avail you anything you'll have knowledge of self which is going to prove incredibly valuable because you're not going to be free as it but there is freedom from it yeah but you're not going to be free as self it wasn't because you didn't meditate longer or the master didn't live longer or you should have moved to India earlier. It had nothing to do with that. You can't get it. As you are structured as a mental idea, that mental idea is the exact obstacle of what you most dearly want. Yeah. So you don't lose interest in everything. You'll find out what you're going to lose interest in. There's a loss of interest in self. Just like it says in the big book of AA, page 63, everything pivots on losing interest in self. Then suddenly your big plans and design are seen as little plans and designs. Whoa, you start traveling lighter through them. Then you feel a new power flow in and you're not calling it Paul. Then you feel a presence and you're not calling it Paul. Now you're, you're learning you can face life successfully, not as Paul, yes? And all this just starts happening. It was pregnantly available. All we've been waiting on is you. Yeah. And you, you're going to wait on forever. If you see you're not you, there you go. There is no authentic self, humbly, in my view. There's just selfing. It's an activity. It's born out of activity. It is an activity. It always will be an activity, but this activity implies it's something, really. So when something's going on, it seems to have an intention to lead you to picture yourself as a self. That's all. So the verbing gets lost, and now you have an image and a historical story, a biography, and everything. And you know, when someone says, How are you doing? You say, Tell them how much you have. You know, or you can't really capture the feeling of living. You got the, let's see, I got this, I got I'm going here. Well, I'm not, I didn't ask you that. I asked, How are you? Oh, I got this. Uh, no, I didn't say how much you got. How are you? You don't know, do you? You don't. These names we gave to feelings, it was like, <clears throat> putting the front bumper on the back of the truck. Yeah, you, it's just fucking, you're throwing dots in the dark. Most people don't know the difference between excitement and anxiety. They're going on a trip, they're excited, they think they're anxious. I mean, really, we're so out to lunch. If you had, if you try to describe like eight, let's say, let's say emotions you could capture on like frequency. You know what I mean? Like hatred would be, yeah. I love you to describe just by the frequency what fucking emotion we're talking about. You probably would fail the test, yeah? 
we got our, where my, my thumb is on the pulse of my life. No, it isn't. You're at the elbow or somewhere, probably the ass, really. You fucking, we have no idea what's happening. This is why it's so beautiful when there's a download called the course or some non-duality where they present an understanding that you may have all the evidence to become convinced with. All you were needing was the right key. You had all the evidence, it, like all the wood for the fire was there, you just missing a match. And the fire, not able to see that it could be a fuel and by itself burning itself out would be, would be great value. You're trying to carry it around. Where I gotta get a storage unit for all this wood, whatever. Yes, with these faulty understandings, you hear non-duality and there's the key, bam yeah. And then something finally, oh, light the fucker. Yeah. Let's see what shows the truth. If you make, see, I had, this is all observational, but one of my strategies in life as I, as I was getting older was there was a lot of things I thought were more real than other things. Yeah. Like losing someone you loved, like my grandmother and my father. Yeah. So my head recognizing at that as a threat set out to make a lot of shit that I felt was real, unreal. Yeah. Unreal somehow. Just make it unreal. Don't fucking deal with it. Yes. Da, da, da. Giving it a reality that it never even had. Yeah. And then when I got into recovery, thinking I had been avoiding all this shit successfully, totally fucked up and messed up. I stopped. And then all this shit that I was conveniently attempting to avoid found me and it landed. And I, and it, I, the last thing I ever wanted, it was to land. Like I'm a fraud. I'm truly selfish. All this shit I, I felt, but I'd never wanted it to land. It landed. I let it, to, I let it be as real as it wanted to be. And very quickly, it showed me it's true nature, unreal. While I was making it, I was, trying to make it unreal, I gave more reality to it than it ever had. This is us. This is what we do. We're giving everything all the meaning it has, like it or not. It doesn't matter what you believe or not. This is the fundamental structure of the dreaming. We're dreaming, yeah? And we're dreaming of objects, and we may be living as if we are the object, but the living experience is we are the subject of dreaming. It just doesn't fit. You can't have the, the, the object as the horse and you as the, and the subject as the, as the rider. It's gotta be clear. The horse has gotta be before the cart. What's happening here is conscious contact. The narration of that conscious contact from the mental state is Paul. Yeah. Conscious contact, life is happening, pretty damn clear description, you know, life's happening, you know, conscious contact, life's happening. Conscious contact, the arising on the mental state, life's happening to me. And what is that me pictured? Is it pictured as life? No, it's pictured as a body. What's the quality of the body? It's separate. It's long lasting. It's not going to be here forever, right? And it's independent. Therefore, the same stock versions of thoughts we're all hearing, most of us in the, in the language of English, every one of us thinks they're our thoughts. Yeah? Ed has a thought 
called Ed's, it ruins Ed's day. I'm sitting right next to where the thought was being had. I'm clear it's not my thought. I'm not even, didn't even notice it in Ed's, Ed's head. That thought has no effect on me. I go home, the same thought calls Ed's thought, becomes my thought, it ruins my night. What's doing it? Is it the thoughts? Or is it the ownership of the thoughts? But all your, all your, this is all the value, the thoughts are driving me crazy. You're gonna be driven crazy. Because really the, where the point of being driven crazy is the thinker. Yeah, why not get clear about it? Why not get clear at least to some level where you get a sense of what's going on? I'm sure more knowledge will download. Yeah, they will. And you'll, it's not like there's, see, there's more seeing because you can't have more awareness. All there is is awareness. There'll be being aware of more. Yeah. And in a sense, being aware of more translates into traveling lighter. Being aware of less trans translates into traveling heavy. That's the way it goes. Yeah. So you see stuff. What do you see? You see a lot of assumptions, a lot of inferences, a lot of. Does, do the thoughts appear on your outside? Are you are the thoughts playing out here to people? You know, I'm walking around. They go, Chris just had thoughts. This. I hate the fucking Coast Guard or something. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's playing to a theater. It's playing in a theater. And even in recovery, you can tell something's trying to convince you to do something. Who's having that conversation? Who that, what's the head, who's the head talking to? It says it's you, but it busily is spending a lot of time talking at the audience, which I would say is what we are that awareness, that whatever you want to call it, that which is the yay or nay, that which is going to lend faith to something that doesn't deserve the faith or is going to direct faith into something that's reliable. As we call it in AA, the simple basis is perhaps there's a better way. Tell the truth about trusting finite self and allowing that faith to be moved to trusting the infinite. That's it. And you, the rose bush has the ability to bloom. That ability to bloom has now been shut off because of other conditions. Doesn't have a good big enough pot, has lousy soil, has no light, doesn't get any water. That potentiality of blooming is there, but it's not being fed by the condition. Yeah? You don't kill the rose bush, just move it. Moving into, in, even in our house, we know where the orchids do well, at the kitchen window. You move the orchids, it's, your orchid is still the orchid. If you move it, it dies. It needs a certain condition. And we fell upon where it does well. Now they bloom twice a year, which is unusual. Yeah, Not because it's an unusual orchid, it's just the right conditions are there for it to be the most orchid it can be, yeah? So the same thing with us. The mental state is a jealous system. It doesn't want you to have any other system, yeah? It wants you to think about everything. It wants you to go over everything. It wants to have you 
see everything as how it pertains to you, that it's made up. Yeah, this is called self-centeredness and obsession with self. I found the great relief that I feel I've experienced, which I have a lot of fucking gratitude for. Uh, I feel when relief abides, you're probably gonna get a download of reverse engineering. You're gonna know why you didn't have the relief seemingly. Yeah, the relief will inform you why you didn't have the relief. And this is what I was informed of. And I had the, I had the incredible diagram in a played out episode called Active Addiction and Alcoholism, that if you can live through it, you can be a lot wiser from it. If you can live, I'm telling you, I tell people jokingly, but if you can live through a 10 day cocaine retreat, you're fucking gonna, and you don't die, you're gonna have a lot of fucking wisdom. You are, because you're gonna see the whole beast. You're in the head's parlor and it's going to reveal itself from head to toe. Now, you may not be able to make it while under its thumb any evidence out of it, but when you get relieved of that dominance, you're going to know what you're not a lot. You're going to see the activity that implies there's a you and you're going to see the act of yay or nay. You'll never see what's in the act of yay or nay. I don't know what the audience looks like, but I know this play is playing towards an audience. And this Paul is not the audience. Paul is a character in the play. There's a bigger audience going on. I call it awareness, let's say. And I'm telling you, to me, the whole stage, the production, everything is completely built to play to that audience because this is where the power sits. It's in us, yeah? It's that unsuspected resource that the head wants to tap into. It's like going to a native country and the, and the businessmen, they know there's a giant oil thing. And so they start bullshitting to these people. Oh, we're gonna give you a nice condominium. Yeah, oh, these people are so self, you know, they're so generous. No, it wants them out so it can fucking drill in. The head knows the resource we are because it's constantly playing to it. It's trying to convince it to do something. To me, the, the head's idea of surrender in the act of recovering and addiction is fuck it, really. The head will just keep pounding away to lead you to a fuck it. And when you arrive at fuck it, you go, well, fuck it. And then it gives you a suggestion. Oh, let's just have a drink. You're not going to Peru. Let's do some Coke in fucking San Bruno only be a day or two it seems to work yeah okay there you go. <laughs> let the devil in give him your credit card and it'll be great <laughs> for a while maybe it's playing with the devil and you don't want to let that thing in uh, i've seen it with people 20 years go out and never able, never able to get back in what a hell to the point where they killed themselves and their family was happy it was over. Their mother and father and two sisters were actually happy the drama had ended, even though it ended in such a terrible way. The living of the last eight years were worse. Yes? So, yeah. I cannot believe uh, 
how foreign of an installment my actual natural state has been after those years of being taken over. Where what has happened, where I have been led to. It's like, if I was going to see blue, this is the bluest I've seen it. If I was going to see red, this is the reddest I've seen it. Yeah, I've just... Uh, I'm always here, sleeping, awake, dreaming, and you cannot believe my head has wanted to leave here at any cost since I was about six years old on. I would do almost anything to try to get out of where I thought I was. I did, obviously. And now I've come to believe, I have been convinced that uh, you can't escape from an imaginary place. What I believe is happening isn't happening. It's appearing to happen, but it's not happening. Yeah. That's the amazing thing. You can believe it happened so much and its effects can be erased in a second. Even if it's been put, pressing that image on you for years, if there's a revelation, it'll be like there was no pressure, there's no mark that it was ever there. This place isn't a real place. We are real. We're the living of this dreaming, yes? Yeah. So non-duality is the negation of the whole premise of the play that we've been introduced to and been watching and been hearing a narration of for years, yeah? That play, uh, you do not have to line up with its agenda. Just like there was a great master, Huang Po, Chinese master. One of the reasons I really like him is one of his followers was a scribe for the emperor's court in China. So when he went to a talk, he wrote about it that night. It's not 300 years later. He wrote it when it came out of the horse's mouth. Beautiful stuff. And one of the many things he says is whatever can be perceived cannot be perceiving. Yeah. See the beauty of it? So you can be perceived, Ted. Ed, Ted, Fred. Ed, yeah. You're, this is being perceived, yes? We're all in the act of perceiving, yes? We're perceiving the door, everything like that. And his statement is, he's not fighting that. What, you know, there's a lot of perceiving, but, but whatever can be perceived cannot be that which is perceiving, yeah? So Ed, who's here, one in you. Ed, who's being perceived, cannot be that which is perceiving Paul. You see it? How beautiful it is? You could sign up for a four-year course and you'd be out at the first break. You'd never have to go back if it landed, yeah? Whatever can, whatever can be perceived cannot be that which is perceiving. Now go up to the head and listen to the head. Its whole narrative is that which can be perceived is what's perceiving. Yeah, just sit with that. Like with these nice gongs here. Bing, it's on the phone. It's a new thing I have. 
Every time I say something very profound, it goes go ding, ding. It's usually the light of the room will change colors. Anything that make helpfully make it work. Anything. No. So yes, that's it with the non-duality. So non-duality, in my view, is you are actually what you're looking for. Yeah. So what you're looking for can see what you're not. And what is what are you going to see what you're not doing? Looking for what you are in some form or another. Yeah. And from seeing it from what you are, it will make complete sense. It won't look cryptic. It won't look, I got to wait for the master, master mathematician to, to uh, interpret this equation. No, it will just be fucking obvious. Yeah. You will see the activity of what you're not, which is mental activities implying something. They can't make that something. They cannot make self appear. They imply that self is already here and it's gonna be here, yeah? But in fact, it can never show you a self. There is nothing there. It's all of you, yeah? So I try to travel light and all my attempts to travel light induced more, he more heaviness to the point where I was at wit's end, truly. And I'd given up all hope and life struck me sober, truly. I wasn't looking to go anywhere. I just was wanted to stay oblivious until I went to the next institution, jail or death, because that was basically the recurring theme in my life, yeah? And I had given up all hope. I'd spent two years in Delancey Street, they told me it was over, they were wrong, you know, and I just given up hope and just sitting in that trailer in a hopeless state of mind and body, something whacked me and this little light came through the door that it's a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, truly, that there is, if you are unconvinced, it won't be so convincing. Yeah? If you, what you are, gets a little more attention than what you're not, you're probably gonna see what you're not as not you, yeah? And so that's what happened in AA. And AA set off situations, and I don't care how it works or not, but AA seemed to come first, and then I ended up hearing about non-duality, and I had seen non-duality. Yeah. I had seen a lot, I didn't have any kind of frame. And the old frames of Buddhism and stuff weren't fitting what I was seeing. And then, bamo, I was introduced to non-duality. And then that understanding clarified the misunderstandings that were continuing to, to be taken as me. And there, even though my drive to lose interest in self was an interest in self. My wanting to get out reinforced this insane idea I was in. I mean, in a sense, every movement of mine was doing the opposite of what I was hoping for it to do. And not seeming to have much power over that. Yeah. I was convinced. And uh, that's, that was it for this topic really since then. The only thing I've done is satsangs and do what I do in recovery, habits of being sober. Uh, I'm not going to like, you know, 
radical sobriety or extreme radical sobriety or having the blood rush down to my head longer than 30 seconds will help me. Yeah, that's fine. I don't care, but I'm, much, I'm just traveling lighter. Uh, right now, I'm, uh, the pause is never a stopping. We're paused in Saturday, yeah. But how long does Saturday last? <laughs> no one gets captured in Saturday, do they? You pause a little bit and you move to, it's like, how long, how does, how long does it take you to get to the next stage setting? You know, you've got to run from this one to this one, that one. But basically, there's an overall flow that doesn't have these compartmentalized things called days and months and years, you know what I mean, and hours. This was, all, this was like an open space with a huge grid put on it. And everyone's, yeah, try to understand something. If we can just break it into squares and right angles, I'll figure the fucking thing out. No, it's best just to be a mystery. Yeah. So I don't know what I am, but I know what I'm not. And I'm not what's presented by my head. I'm not, that's not even close to what I probably am but I have no interest in finding out what I am. I actually believe I'm being what I am and being it, it doesn't really have much interest in knowing it. Yeah. Not being it, you think knowing is the next best thing. I don't believe that. If you're being it, knowing can be a deterrent in a way. You're wanting to know what you are is reinforcing a mistake that you're not. Yeah. So, I, I like the idea of the mystery. It's so over your head. I mean, if I change a day on this schedule, half the people get confused. Really, if I go Saturday, I get ton, tons of emails. Yeah. We're, our pay scale isn't that high. Yeah. I think we do a lot better in a state of not knowing about most shit we don't know about. Yeah. Instead of trying to frame it, you know, it's like the ant describing the elephant. Yeah. You're going to get a very limited description from the ant's point of view. Yeah. I'd much rather, like in AA, we have a thing to keep it a big open door for people, which is you, there's going to be a need of a higher power, but can, it can be of your own understanding. Yeah. And so, okay, you enter the program. And very quickly, it turns into something else because you start actually having conscious contact with that which you were hell-bent to be unconscious about, really. And in that conscious contact, that, that higher power, you know, to me, I want a higher power of its own understanding, which is quite revelatory. I don't want to know the higher power. I want to find out about it by, from the higher power's point of view. Not from my point of view. I mean, I've had enough of my point of view. Yeah. So, and that's that's worked. And some of these things you run into stay that way the rest of your life. I came to that in a few years and I'm 35 years and that's my understanding. If you ask me, what understanding do you have a higher power? I say, I have a higher power of zone understanding. So basically... The Department of Understanding has been shut down concerning the extraterrestrials of, of higher powers. Yeah. Let's just start, you know, 
filling the potholes and shit. You know, let's do some practical shit. <laughs> the department of shit I'll never know. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm happy to be here. We're gonna be, yeah, I'm happy to be here. We have a new customer now. She's in the laying down uh, sept of of Zendislav, which I recommend. Yeah, she really, look at it. She's breathing it in. She's getting it completely. There it is, yeah. All right. Anyone uh, have a question here? No, of course not. Anyone question on here? Mike, are you doing it today? Carolyn T. Carolyn. Hey, hi, Paul. Thank you so much. Um, I loved what you had to share this morning. Thank you so much. I have a question for you, um, just based on the last couple of sentences that you shared. If somebody asked you to define your higher power, what would you say? Uh, it's always available at all times, right where I am, with no requirement necessary to meet it. That's my stock answer in recovery. I think we lost you. I'm just processing that. It's always available right where I am. Yeah. Right where you are with no requirement necessary to meet it. Hence, you are it. Yeah. Hence, you are it. Yes. Yeah. Inevitably, it's going to lead, especially if you're looking at things as what you're not, you're going to fall into what you are, and you probably could use the term higher power to call yourself, literally. Yeah? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the head, see the head for it, its story to continue with as much oomph that it wants, it can include that possibility. Yeah. When you lose interest in that head, a lot of other possibilities become available. Yeah, because the head doesn't want to have a lot of possibilities because it sees them as threats to its position, which is the position of being you. Yeah. It knows it's very unsteady because it has a sense of that unsuspected inner resource, quote unquote, you. So it's it's trying to run a tight ship. So no one looks out the windows you know, to see what's going on. So with this message, that's how I feel. But I don't have a definition of it. I don't care really. Can I, can I ask another question? You may. So what, thing, <laughs> what then is the difference between thinking that you're God and running the show and understanding that, no, I'm not that, but God is, is me in me well you're gonna find that out that's the great joy of it honey you're gonna find it out you've already had enough examples of thinking you're god now you're gonna find out what it's like to sort of uh have it in another condition yes yeah so yeah see this is what happens that which is thinking it's god doesn't even allow you as God to uh, entertain the possibility because 
it's forbidden. You'd be a motherfucker. You would da 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 da. No, it's pure projection of what it does when it's God. <laughs> yeah, you may be a humble and laid back and chilled out completely. Yeah, you got to find stuff out. You're not gonna know. Yeah. Mm. This is what happens in AA. Uh, many people they want the the stare guaranteed before they step out. Here, you step out and a stare appears. Yeah, that's been my experience. Yeah, so there's no guarantees. I want to know before. No, all you can know the best is what you're not. If you have enough evidence about that, it opens you up for a migration. Yeah, the interest and attention that has been wedded to that and the offspring it brought about yeah, you want to move on, yet you can't seem to get out of it because you believe you're in it. So something else does the moving. And then you observe the migration and you observe the effects of when the interest and attention that used to be on Paul is now somewhere else. And you get to see life, not from the eyes of Paul, but from the eyes of something else. Yeah. Yeah. And then the idea of Paul and the size of Paul and the activity of Paul is put into proportion. And that which, when it's too blown up, you can't really see it. When it's shrunk, you'll see it very clearly. And it's not you. And I found in this case, that's where the relief came from. I saw, first of all, alcoholism, but then it spread to really the underlying condition. I saw what they, they imply with the word self in recovery as foreign to me. And as soon as I saw that, the possibility that had been latently available, but unsuspected came right in, which is I can be free from it. And then to, to top that, it gave me a quick survey of my life since six to that present moment when I was 40 something, just like skimmed over it, and the basic theme was self trying to get out of self most of the fucking time. And I had been presented with that story of a lot of other fish in recovery that they realized, yeah, self can't get out of self because they had been doing just that. So they came to a conclusion after years of trying to get out of self as self, they came to a conclusion, self can't get out of self. Yeah, so I am convinced of that. And when I was convinced that I'm not self, that's getting out of self. Getting out of self looks like you were never in it. Getting out of self to self is I had an incredible experience. And I went really far away and I jumped from a very high altitude and I landed to some really cold water and I forgot self. Yet self is a returned, yes? This is not getting out of self. It's realizing you're not in self completely different and hopefully when we're sharing that seamlessness doesn't get uh deterred or detoured because this is the simpleness of it you can't get out of an imaginary place seeing what you're in as an imaginary place or the one that's in it as an imaginary person is the experience of getting out of it. it's not produced by escaping in by realizing you're not in. You have an experience of being out of it, 
but it wasn't triggered by you escaping anything. Yeah. And then you see this happen. There's a strong loss of interest in the whole, whole fucking circus when it comes to town. It will keep coming to town. That's its circuit. Yeah. But you won't be attending all of the three ring shows. You'll be looking at the hummingbird or tons of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be available, present and available. There's a lot of beautiful invitations all day we're not seeing because we're hell bent on looking for something. When you've given up the looking for something, you see a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of beauty in our own yard and shit. You can get caught up in the backyard at our house and be there for hours. There's so much, all these different things blooming at different times. It's great, yeah. But if you're not, see, the thing is, I believe we're all available and always present. But I also believe that most people don't believe that. They don't. They believe they have to do something to be available and they have to do something to be present. I don't believe that. I don't believe, I, I believe the basic premise is I'm available and present and something I can be available to is an idea that I'm not available. I can be available to that, but it's always availability, just like faith. If you don't have faith, that's faith in that, yeah? So I think we're always available and always present. We may not be thinking that or believing that, but it doesn't make it not so. And you can tell, get on a train of thought, and when you dropped off, it seems like an immediate, and you're at the same station you've always been, the present moment. You never fucking go anywhere. I mean, how many times do you have to take the same trip to get the same message on having never left? After a while, how you travel the next trip is going to be different because you know what you're going to arrive at, you're going to be greeted with on having never left. It's... I'm just sharing what's happened with me. I felt, I felt that you're at the top of a staircase. I've fallen down. I know where you're gonna hit on the third stair, your head, I've seen it. I've gone to, th I've been at thousands of satsangs. Pointing out the same thing over and over again, watching similar reactions and seeing what I'm not and what you're, and seeing what I'm not as what you're not, yeah? And so, I can see the world begins at these talks with the word, but, you know, so everyone will be, oh, this is so beautiful. It's all clear, but, and then the big fucking turd body comes out and then, all right, the attention has to, okay, we got to pay unto Caesar. Yeah. About the, but, you know, you know, but what gets shortchanged is the hallelujah. And then the, but gets extended, you know, as almost a neutering effect to the hallelujah. I believe there can be a, a hallelujah with an echo of but, yeah? It doesn't take, one frequency can be played while the other frequency is available. It's not one or the other, yeah? You don't have to be peaceful to enjoy peace of mind. You don't. If you believe you have to be peaceful to enjoy peace of mind, you're probably setting up the room, getting the candle, putting on the dolphin music, and that's fine. 
But those requirements are unnecessary, really. And sometimes you're not going to have the dolphin music keyed up. And the, no more candles. You can't find the match. And there goes your peace of mind. To me, that's all conditional mental fucking playing God. Mental state plays God with God constantly. You feel like you got to get dressed up for God. God's not asking for you to be wearing a tuxedo. He doesn't give a shit. You know what I mean? He just... We're the ones who bring a requirement to every situation. We are the head. People are trying to earn. This happens naturally in recovery. You feel like you were bad for years. Yeah. And so you get into recovery. And let's say you've now escaped the dominance of the mental thief. But you now are in the, the fiefdom of the mental policeman. Now the policeman has you going over every little move you make. And trying, you know, and like I go to Hate Street and it would be like a cataclysmic decision, which way I go left or right, left, you know, the obsession with self-mind-boggling, going over all these things, all the amends I make to people. And they would be seeming like, I left such an incredible tattoo at that person. I meet them, they didn't even remember what I was fucking talking about. My great imprint on people was all up here, you know? all this stuff. So here, you're awake. You're awake. We're awake. Just all this stuff couldn't have been entertained. You could not entertain not being awake unless you were awake. You could not entertain the opposite of the, your actual condition, which would be dualistic, without the condition. The awakeness is the only thing that gives you the ability to say you're not awake. Hmm. You put all the weight on the not awake. What's uh, what's allowing that incredible impossibility is awakeness. Yeah. Do you choose to wake up? You open your eyes. That which was there on the other side of the eyelid hadn't gone away. It's sort of like the car is still in the garage if you're not seeing it on the driveway. When you open up the garage door, the car doesn't appear, it was there, and then it drives out. So awareness, we're all awake, we're on now. And all the shenanigans we try to believe in, it still hasn't put it out, yeah? You would have thought it would have just shut down the worst day I ever had, but no, just saw that, just like it sees the best days I ever had. It seems to be indiscriminate with its ability to hold the space for whatever's going on, yeah? I don't believe, how can you say you're not awake? Well, because I'm feeling uncomfortable and thoughts and I get affected by this, no, that's all in the mental realm, yeah? If most of our attention and interest is in the mental realm, we're seeing the, the narration of a skirmish that's not even happening on a larger field. What's happening on the surface isn't affecting the depth, you know? Not one tattoo I've gotten in this life has left an impression on what I am. Nothing. You sleep like a babe, don't you sometimes? And a lot of people have smiles. All their fucking transgressions have been null and voided. You're the courtroom. You're the fucking judge. This is what we... We're talking about the other day 
even in initial system of akin, they have a statute of limitations. Does your head have a statute of limitations or is it still beating the shit out of you for something that it says you did 40 years ago while under the influence? When is that going to be fucking canceled? When does your record get erased? You know it isn't because I did enough goodness. It doesn't give a shit. It keeps open. It has those files at any moment. It can go back to the big convincer. You should have gave your mother money that time. You've been convicted already. Most of us are just living out a sentence. We don't even have to have a jail that's a locked the door. We close the door on ourselves. We're, the head is playing God with God all day. When does the freedom, when does the relief from guilt and shame show up? When? Do you believe you did a lot of that shit while under the influence that you sat around and chose to do it? You were compelled to do it. Something took you and used you for transportation. Something drove you and the same fucking driver drove this car. And we ended up in the same three parking spaces, institution, jails, and death. There's an invaluable bit of knowledge in that. All us seemingly different cars driven to the same three parking spaces, I'd say we've been driven by the same driver. And it's not us. Yeah, so. All right, anyone have a, another question out there? Thank you. She doesn't have any questions. She just comes up and gets what she wants. Yeah, little head rub. Yes, go ahead. Esther. Esther. Hi, Paul. Hello. I uh, I have two things I wanted to discuss. One is... Um, <laughs> two things you wanted to discuss? Well, one I wanted to share. I wanted to uh, share that I... I um, I said goodbye to my. Uh, I'm having a baby. What? I think it's yours. What? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> you could discuss. All right. I I wanted to say that the psychiatrist that I said goodbye to said that he should have said goodbye to me much sooner because I'm doing incredibly well. Bravo! <laughs> bravo! And 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 it was so cool because I I, I obviously I'm never more wise than thoughts from a therapist. <laughs> hmm? very good yeah and then um this um quotation from um nisgardata through nisgardata Maharaj: you do not suffer only the person you imagine yourself to be suffers you cannot suffer um but what happens when i'm trying to clean the apartment um all of this uh not knowing what to do with stuff um, I guess the head is commenting how you're a failure or something's some kind of interpretations going on because uh, I'm paralyzed and can't do anything with certain boxes because I don't know what to do with the stuff, and and yet and then well, it's, well, for someone else to help you just to tell you what to do with it. <laughs> well, you don't have to get to the root of it. It's not that deep. The root of oh, it. Just okay. ask someone else to say, hey, I think you could put this box there. Yeah, that's all. Oh, I don't have to go then. No, no, I don't think so. Keep it on the consequential level. It's just a moving of a box. There's no 
not moving a continental shelf or anything. Yeah, <laughs> remember Esther, the, the, the death of uh, the death of the idea of self is irrelevance. Yeah, it makes all this shit important to get a gleam of importance from it. Yeah, mm -hmm. boxes. Just ask someone else's advice. Where do you think I should put these boxes? All right, there you go. Yeah, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to become psychological. I don't feel. Okay, but the... unless you put the psychological shit in the box, then take yeah. the, the person to take it to the dump. That would be good. Well... <laughs> that would be clear, orderly direction right there. Yeah. <laughs> Put the psychological shit about the box in the box and take that to the dump. I can't throw it. <laughs> that would be good. Mm. Yeah. Do you ever, if you're interested in a little trick, Ramesh Balsakar took the head and broke it into the working aspect of it, like, you know, getting boxes and putting it in thing, and then psychological aspect, which is, you don't know what to do with the boxes. And so basically, if you need some clarity, look up that idea in Ramesh's stuff, he, he presents it, yeah? So it's like the, the working aspect of the head has value. It knows like a nut and a bolt and put it on, yes? When it goes off on the psychological interpretation, you're a nut or whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's That's, that access, excess isn't necessary, yeah, for what's actually happening. Yeah, so this is one of the things that occurs when there's a loss of interest in self. You truly lose interest in the psychological uh, vantage points that moving a box triggers in the head. You just- Oh, you just, good. I don't need a Jungian, I don't need a Jungian uh, description of me moving a box. You know what I mean? It's just moving a box. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank so, you. So, so when when the the psychological stuff arises, just um just allow it to be and just see that. Well, if you can allow it to be, do something. You know, distract yourself. Mm -hmm. Go to uh instead of boxes, go to glasses. Move glasses or something. Yeah, okay. you want to throw it off. It's little. Uh, it's like, all right, there's shit, and then there's flies. If you say there's no shit and the flies are still there, you're full of shit. So you got to just clean up the shit, and then the flies will move. Yeah, don't try to use non-duality as a fly swatter. It's probably not going to work. Just yeah, I'm outmatched. My head tends to run me a new one, whatever I'm doing. Yeah. Okay, that's great. So let me uh, distract it. You can send it around the corner for a half an hour and make some muffins or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and bring them to that Wednesday, that Monday night meeting in uh, Doylestown. <laughs> I like gluten-free muffins. Oh. Yeah, there you go. So all that psychological energy could make something that we could share with the other people. We're meeting at 5.30 that day, around 5.30 and after in Doylestown. If you can pass that to, uh, I forgot, uh, Kathleen and Bill Ch and Churchman. Yeah. Where are we gonna, gonna meet at 5.30? 
We're going to the church at 5.30 on Doylestown on Monday. Oh, okay, 5.30. And have a dinner like we had last year. Yeah, just thank you. I'm going to make an announcement, but it was good now. Like, so I don't forget. Yeah. All right, All right Esther, All right. nice to see you. Same here, thank you. Monday. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, that's it, Mike. Anyone else? No hands. Uh, I think that's nice. Everyone here wants. Oh, we can't. Where's Nick? I can't leave, let anyone leave. We're waiting for the merchandise. We're getting a whole uh, Zen dish slap shirt delivery. From... This is going to be long satsang. Get comfortable. <laughs> they can't miss much uh, opportunity. <laughs> All right, no, if if we're done, I'll just say, um, you get the flow of it, don't you? It's This isn't so much about not doing or doing unless that's necessary. If you can't uh, practice certain things in your, all your affairs, limit the affairs. But this is about a negation of something that the mental state is constantly affirming, yeah? And really, when you get relief from it, you'll probably see that this is true. It's the over uh, the the overemphasizing of what you're not is seemingly the biggest obstacle of the recognition as what you are. Yeah, this is the premise of non-duality. I I believe in it wholeheartedly. This is how it's worked with me, and this is how we present it. Yeah, so. It isn't so much what you do, it's who's the doer of it. Because the doer is where the bondage will occur. The doing is there just to claim to keep reinforcing the doer, yes? This is mechanical, you're not doing this. What we're describing as a doing, you're not the doer of. You're not the doer of the selfing. Selfing is a mechanical activity going off, yeah? So when conscious contact brings about contact, the mental state arises, claims the contact, and uses it to imply its story, that you, Paul, the object, was the one that was in contact. So Paul, doing, you're the doer. Thinking, you're the thinker. Feeling, you're the feeler. Hearing, you're the hearer. Tasting, you're the taste. yes? This is the bondage of self. That's all it is, yeah? The verbing isn't the bondage. The, it's how the bond, the verbing is used is the bondage, yeah? It's used to claim that there's a doer. So when people, and in certain respects, you've got to curtail some behaviors, but to try to curtail all behaviors as if it's going to produce a huge last overlasting effect, you're missing the point. It's not the doing, it's the idea of the doer, yeah? The smallest little thing can be used to impress upon you that the idea of being the doer, yeah? It's mechanical, it just happens. So if you can see it, not from it, but from what you are, it, it goes a long, long, long way of atoning from like the Course of Miracles said, beyond or before, before forgiveness is atonement and atonement is nothing what you believe you did you never even did yes if you put enough out 
alcohol and coke in you and you put enough alcohol and coke in you, we'd probably behave quite, quite similar. Yes? The story that you did it and I did it is an add-on, and yet it becomes the most pronounced aspect. It comes after all the story, all the, the action of the story, yeah? And it becomes the, the one emphasis of all the actions, you. Yeah, so hey, we're gonna go have a coffee, I think. Let me say goodbye to Esther. I don't know what happened with Nick, honey. Nick? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, let's pass the basket. I forgot. Paul, uh, it's just, I was just going to say goodbye to Paul Hedeman. That's pretty good. <laughs> but that guy's, I thought, I think I remember him when he was younger. Paul Hedeman. Mike, nice. Thank you, Mike. I'll see you soon. Yep. See you Wednesday in Hudson. It's Wednesday in the Hudson, hopefully. Chris Bates, nice to see you. Mike, as always. Mike Clark, down in Mexico. Miranda, always a pleasure, Miranda. Alexander, nice to see you again. Here you go, pass it on again. Let's pass it. Pass, pass it three more times. Yeah, honey, three more times around the room. We got Roman, nice to see Roman. Mika, Mickey. Hey, listen, also, I want to announce there's no meetings Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this coming week. There'll be no Zooms. We're going to be doing live stuff back east. Saturday, we will have a, the Zoom at the regular time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Hey, Paul. Yeah. Hey, yo. Are you going to record that shit? I think I'm going to bring my, uh, I'm going to record it on the phone, I think. Yeah. That's I a technical to, term. I my little, I got my little uh, thing. Hmm? What, Mike? No, yeah. I was just asking what you said was the technical term. Yeah, all that shit. Yeah. Fucking a. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, we will. I have to. Mike will help me maybe when I'm there. I've got to remember how to upload it to the cloud and stuff. Oh, we all know you're not going to do it. We're, yeah. I was asked. <laughs> do that shit across. Yeah. That's cruel. That's so cruel. A little too spicy yeah. there. You may be Plus, getting Zen bitch slap in the mail. Watch out. <laughs> oh, yeah, I understand. I know. I need help every step of the way. I do. Nina, as always, thank you. Vlad. <laughs> I'll be seeing you in Sicily, but hopefully more many times on Zoom. Sean, nice to see you, bro. Zoe Banks, yeah. We got Richard H. Always a pleasure to see Richard up a little north from here. Steve, San Diego. Marina, nice to see you again. Anu, as always. I hope you're gonna be coming up to our place Anu, January, uh, June 21st, I think, hopefully. I, I am looking forward to it. Oh, good. All right. Jane G, Mill Valley, a homegirl, yeah. Vero or Vero. I hope that was close. Uh, let's see. We've got, oh, Cassandra B, Sally, Carolyn T, John K. Nice to see you, John. Uh, I, I try to capture everyone. If I missed you, uh, 
I'll see you soon. So remember, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, no Zooms. Saturday will be, and I'll be, we'll be uploading YouTube probably. I don't know how we do that. Mike, how did we used to do it? Well, yeah, if you don't do it, because like Miranda said, you probably won't. We can just do it here Wednesday night and Thursday. No, I'll do it Monday, Tuesday. I'm just people know what they're doing where I'm going. Yeah, okay. I'm just well, gonna yeah. my little my little stand, and I'll have the phone. We'll record it like we used to. Yeah. Yes, you can get the whole box set, except for uh, Miranda from her little a little spiciness. <laughs> Love you, the Paul. Box. Thank you. <laughs> the whole box set. All right, thank you, everyone. Appreciate it a lot. I've stolen. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Have a good trip. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. See you guys. Oh, he's going to come to the coffee shop. Oh, well, some of us, my my best buyers, Ali and everyone, are coming to the coffee shop. <laughs> that's good. Well, that's nice. Thank you. Nice to see you, Ed and everyone. I have a 